Good morning, my duelists. It's your boy Fenyo. This is the Early Prelims podcast, and we're here to talk about what happened last week, a few, a few news, and what's going on in the next week in the world of MMA. And this week we have a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. Um, let's begin with results. PFL had its second event of the 2023 regular season. It was very exciting because it was women's featherweight and men's heavyweight. Now, being honest, um, interesting decision to have a, a featherweight tournament instead of the 155 one that they were having with for around Kyla Harrison. Um, so they they're building the tournament this time around current uh, 155 champion Larissa Pacheco. She fought on the main event on this one, uh, defeating Julia Budd, former Bellator champion. Also in action, Bruno Capellosa, uh, Aspen Ladd lost uh, her fight against Olena Kolen Kolesnik. Uh, yeah, uh, there was Morris Green in action, so you have one of the Avengers there doing his thing. Um, Jorgan De Castro wasn't so lucky, he lost to Danilo Marquez, who was getting knocked out, like left and right in the UFC. Pretty good grappler though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no much to say about other than that. Let's get into the, into the good card that happened this weekend. Uh, UFC 287, the rematch between Pereira and Adesanya. Uh, Pereira was controlling the fight. Uh, in my opinion, mostly with leg kicks. Uh, Adesanya was getting some stuff done. Uh, he was committing to boxing in the pocket a lot more this time around. Uh, Pereira was kind of frying his leg. Uh, the the left leg when when Adesanya was standing orthodox was getting shoot up by by the leg kicks, and then then Pereira started going for outside leg kicks when when Adesanya went southpaw. Uh, the end came as Pereira apparently, apparently hurt Easy with a leg kick. Easy backed up. Pereira went in for the kill. Uh, he put a combination. Very right, very nice right hook to the body. He hit the, the left knee, and Adesanya came back with a huge overhand. Uh, clipped. Pereira pretty bad and then hit him with yet another one, more upward one, and that was the one that put him out. Um, it hit like very high in the head and sometimes like that part of the head is very hard, but also you can get a lot of acceleration going and that's usually what gets the knockouts is acceleration that moves the brain inside your head. And yeah, and, and also like Pereira wasn't bracing at all because he was already clipped by the first by the first overhand, so he went completely out. Very nasty knockout. Um, and yeah, Adesanya is saying that the uh, the score is settled now that they are that he's uh, one three against Pereira. I don't know. Um, other than that, in that card. Uh, Gilbert Burns defe defeated Jorge Masvidal. Very tepid fight. Uh, Masvidal never got going. Uh, didn't look especially good. Uh, I mean, 
he looks killed at times like for example he got up to his feet from underneath burns that was pretty impressive even though burns is saying that must be that reason <laughs> so i mean yeah no nothing very special burns didn't make a very a very good uh, point to be the contender in the way of surpassing Colby that it's like Dana's favorite child uh, obviously Burns is more deserving than than Colby I would say but but from a promotional standpoint didn't help a lot Masvidal retired after the fight uh, which is a bit sad I mean no I mean I'm I'm totally fine with him retiring now I mean He's been a douchebag for a pretty long time, and also, also he's not a good fighter anymore. He he looks he looks specially shot in this fight, more than in in the Usman title fights. So yeah, I mean disappointing. Uh, but it's it's a good thing that he's retiring. Um, he sucked up to Donald Trump after the fight. Got a let's go Brandon chant. It was, it was all very cringe. So yeah, he was he was kind of like ruining the moment for me. I thought Masvidal at one point was very good fighter uh, from Strikeforce to to when he finally put like a good a good run together in the UFC uh, at welterweight. He he was very inconsistent around his career, so it's kind of poetic in a way that he ends his career looking like skill at some parts but very consistent uh, fighting with the fear of gassing the whole time that was very common pattern in his lightweight run and one of the things he fixed when he moved up to welterweight but yeah i mean i'll i'll watch some old masvidal fights here and there because he was he was pretty good and ahead of his time i would say uh, it sucks that I mean it doesn't suck but I don't know man the, his career took a, a weird turn and it it was a bit too late when it happened uh, it was he was rough uh, I think he should have moved up uh, to Walter Wade a bit earlier in his career because he had a very good run initially uh, a, a, bit, a couple of split decisions here and there uh, but against very good opposition uh, he debuted in somewhat short notice against Ben Henderson a split decision a fight I think he won then he had a split decision against and that was coming from the split decision loss against Aya Quinta that one of the worst decisions of all time uh, I think Masvidal won every round and the first one could could have been a 10-8 and then someone somewhat it got scored for for all I don't know. <laughs> then he had a split decision against Larkin. Great fight, by the way. If you want to watch a cool fight, watch that one. Uh, I actually that was very very close. I think I I have scored for for Larkin the times I've watched it. And then he had another split decision like way later against uh, Demian Maya that I also think must be the one. See, so, yeah, I mean. He could have fought for the title earlier. Also, the the first fight against Usman that was short notice, and that was like the last bit of his prime. Um, the Nate Diaz performance was very good. Uh, that was was very impressive. Uh, it sucks that we we didn't see Masvidal fight uh, Leon Edwards like three or four years ago. I I think 
that would have been a very good fight. Uh, huge from a promotional standpoint as well. It was, it was, it got all derailed with the with the Askren knockout. <laughs> it was crazy, and now he has that ugly ass tattoo of him kneeing <laughs> inside of a circle with some gems. It's it's super bad. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, Rob Ford defeated Adrian Janius. It was was a banger. It was great fight. Janius uh, was having good success with his own jab answering to Ford. He was getting some good counters. Uh, hit Ford very stiff here and there and marked his face immediately. But then Ford caught him with a with an uppercut of the of the collar tie. You know the typical like Rafon throws a straight punch, gets gets a loose collar tie, and when you're retreating, he smacks you with with a long uppercut. He did, he he had success with that against Aldo as well. And then from there, Janis like never recovered. Um, especially, I, I don't think Janis had the mind to to defend when rocked. He tried to like back up and wait for counters, and he was never going to scare Rafon like that. And Rofon like too sharp setting up shots to, for you to be doing that. I was talking on Twitter about how uh, Frankie Edgar for the third uh, Grey Maynard fight, uh, the rematch for the title, he also got rocked just like in the first fight, but then he made the adjustment of just like staying in Maynard's fate despite being like super rocked and <laughs> on, on the verge of dying. But I think that's a lot better than, than just like backing up Especially if you don't have like very elusive footwork and the thing I think the bad idea is like just waiting for counters because you don't have your your reactions at a hundred percent. It's important for you when you rock to have initiative of some kind. Uh, especially if you don't want to smother. I think Janice could have tried his luck like shooting for a double leg or something uh, just to to win time to recover. Uh, the clinch, I understand not going there because Font is very dangerous and maybe he got... Uh, during the training cup, they decided, uh, okay, we're going to avoid the clinch uh, on this one. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a terrible loss for Janius. Uh, I don't think the chin is a concerning thing. Um, he got hit like stupidly hard on this one and he didn't go out, so... So yeah, I mean, still looking forward to Janius, still a very interesting prospect. Uh, great win for Rob Font at the stage of his career. Font is calling for a fight against Figueredo uh, because he's moving up to 135. I, I think that's a very cool fight. Uh, I think a, a, a fight that Rob Font maybe wins like very handily, but, but also again going up against a huge puncher and the shin is always a concern. But yeah, I mean, interesting. Uh, Rofon, great fighter. Janis is still a very good prospect. Uh, great fight, great fight. Watch this one if you if you haven't. Uh, before that, we have Kevin Holland against Ponsinibio. Holland won with a with a knockout on the third round, uh, leaping left hook that flat line. Ponsinibio when Ponsinibio started getting going in the third round. Not a great fight. Uh, Ponsinibio had some good ideas, but Holland too long, too tough, too quick for him at this stage. Ponsinibio clearly passed it. Uh, I don't think he's he's getting even ranked again in his career right now. Uh, Holland 
don't know, man. Holland is fine, but yeah, 30 years old, a lot of fights. I don't think Holland is making the improvements he needs to be like uh, an actually elite welterweight. I think if he's going to get like to a high ranking or something, it's because the the division is aging a lot. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's not a bad fighter, but he would have a, a bad time against guys like Ponsinibio or Luke in their primes, you know. At least that's how I see it. Maybe he can prove me wrong, but, but yeah, uh, not sure where these guys go from here. Uh, Holland maybe probably getting like ranked fight against who I don't know. Uh, Ponsinibio needs to dial it down he needs to fight like action fights against lower level guys but the ufc probably going to use him to like prop up a guy uh, a prospect i don't know who they have in 170 anyway before that we have christian rodriguez winning a decision against raul rosas jr uh raul rosas jr fought like he was habib on steroids he went for takedowns like insanely hard. He had some success on the first round, but it was clear that he was going to gas. And gas he did. Uh, after that, Zero just kicked his ass for a whole fight on the ground. Uh, Rosa is still promising. Um, uh, obviously very athletic. Uh, he showed good grappling while being completely tired. I mean, he went to his back a lot. Uh, because he was like no gas tank, but but he was still defending from mount. He was still defending the rear naked choke when Zero got his back. So yeah, I think uh, Rosa's grappling is legit. I think the striking is not there, and this sprinting style is not gonna work against most bantamweights. Uh, he debuted against basically the lowest level of bantamweight that the UFC could find for him. Uh, I don't know what why the UFC put this fight together. I guess they saw that uh, Rodriguez gets taken down, so they thought like, okay, Rosas can beat anyone that he gets a takedown against. But if we remember in the Contender Series fight, Rosas got into a lot of scramblers against the other dude. Uh, I think he was in Argentina, I, I don't remember. And uh, Rodriguez made his debut at featherweight for Jonathan Pierce, GSP very competitive fight like the first two rounds Pierce imposed his grappling because big dude way bigger than Rodriguez and very good grappler and then Rodriguez like started kicking his ass in the third round J JSP got yet another takedown that kind of saved him but yeah I mean if you wanted Rosas it depends what the UFC wanted to do I don't think the UFC wanted Rosas like to to pass like a, this big test, I just think they wanted him to win, and uh, this was rough. Uh, I gotta admit, I picked Rosas because the um, Rodriguez takedown defense being on the suspect side made made me a bit nervous. But I, I knew this could have this had the potential to be competitive, and it wasn't even all that competitive. Rodriguez kicked his ass, so excited for Rodriguez moving forward. I'm not a fan of Rosas' style, but. I mean, he still has potential, he's still a great prospect, still only 18 years old, so make what you do with that. Uh, we had Gasolum versus Chris Curtis, 
uh, winning a unanimous decision. On the cards, Gasolin won the, the first and the second round, and Curtis got the third one. And Gasolin mostly won the second round based on a on a headbutt. I mean, not an intentional headbutt, like a clash of heads when he was closing in. Uh, he hit Curtis on the shin with the top of his head, uh, got a knockdown like that, then follow up with some ground and pound. Curtis got back to his feet and won the rest of the round, in my opinion, but yeah, the it's rough. It was the responsibility was on the referee, in my opinion, to to stop the fight right there, clarify to officials and judges that that was a headbutt. Uh, give Curtis time to recover, then make the fight again. Sadly, it didn't happen like that. I feel like, in a in a just word, this was Chris Curtis' fight. Either way, it was a very good fight. Both guys showed up. Um, Gastelum, I think, showed up with good elements to to trouble Curtis because Curtis is the problem with Curtis is that. He's just good in the pocket and he doesn't have a lot of tools to enforce a pocket game. Um, I commented in the full preview how he needs to have his feet set in front of you before like doing any kind of work. And Gasolum was doing a good work of fighting behind a, a long jab and circling side to side. The, thing, the kind of things that annoyed Chris Curtis. But then combinations started extending. Gasolum gas a little bit like not super tired but enough that they started having more exchanges and then Chris Curtis took over the fight a lot on the third round uh, very exciting fight very good fight um, uh, that was good before that we had Luana Pinheiro against Mitchell Watterson not a lot to say Pinheiro is a an interesting prospect she's very athletic hits very hard has the judo background uh, good submissions uh, I didn't think she was going to be able to pass this test, but Watterson, still athletic, physical, uh, but, but losing a bit of step in the speed and durability, and she always relied a lot on that to win fights against like big, powerful uh, strawweights. So yeah, what's next? I don't know. I mean, Watterson should uh, retiring. I, I don't know, she can still be a very competitive and a good test for prospects. Uh, Pinheiro, interesting, I'm, I'm going to have... I'm going to look forward to her next fight, even though th this wasn't great, but... Hard to have like an exciting good fight against Waterson when you're inexperienced. It's a very like annoying matchup. Before that we have Joe Pfeiffer, he knocks, knocked out uh, Gerard Mirchert. Um, not a lot to say here, Mirchert didn't look great, um, a lot of like pressuring with somewhat uh, sloppy entries, uh, a lot of, of like going inside range with the shin up in the air and not really expecting counters. I think Mirchard, Mirchard's defense is a lot better when he's moving back. That said, uh, the knockout came as as Pfeiffer uh, parried, parried a, a kick with his, with his left hand. Uh, Paris across and comes back with the left hook. Hits uh, Mircha super hard there. Mircha goes to the ground. Doesn't really defend, but Pfeiffer also doesn't hit him a lot. So the, the stoppage took a while there. It was an awkward decision. I think if Pfeiffer just went to like hit him in the side of the head while Mircha was turtling, he could have got the, the stoppage earlier. 
but yeah, I mean, not a lot of answers about how good Pfeiffer is, but obviously a promising fighter. Lupita Godinez and Cynthia Calvillo had a very tepid kickboxing fight. Um, Calvillo landed a lot of jabs. Uh, Godinez a, a little bit, a little bit less active, but landing some like cleaner, harder shots. Could have gone either way, I think. Um, not a lot to say. Uh, concerning that Godinez didn't try, like try to wrestle harder in this fight, I guess it's the typical like bad brain MMA camp saying like, oh, but 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 she's a jiu-jitsu guy, so don't take her down. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, Godinez is still a uh, still a good prospect, obviously. Uh, I'm guessing that's it for Cabillo in the UFC. Kind of sad because she put on a on a decent performance here, but a little bit. Too little, too late, and also like she's on a f like five fight losing streak right now. At least four, at least four. Um, so yeah, probably either retiring or going to another promotion. I don't know, but I'm wishing her the best. Like she was not a, an exciting fighter in this last leg of it, of her UFC run, but but still like nothing against her to be honest. Other than the, the bad fights, some of those were pretty bad. This one was okay. It wasn't good, but it was okay. The uh, Chilean Ignacio Bahamondes defeat Trey Ogden in one of the worst fights of the night. Uh, putting the blame on Ogden here like he didn't try anything. Bahamondes was cru on cruise control, winning the fight super easily. Uh, I said before the fight, Ogden needed to like fight with conviction, made try to make it ugly, mixing the takedowns, he, did, he didn't do any of that, just like standing in range with very low, low output. But I want to put volume on here, on him, I never really like hurt him bad or anything. Very tepid fight. Uh, Ogden needs to figure out something because he's very big for the division but not especially athletic. Um, if you're fighting concern about cardio, like maybe move up to welterweight, you know? And for Bahamontes, I want to see him fight like a higher tier. Uh, it's He's like just beating everyone <laughs> not good that he's fighting. Uh, so maybe like a step up in competition. He was supposed to fight uh, Ludovic Klein uh, last year. I think that would have been a great fight for him. Uh, maybe rebook that one, I don't know. Before that, Steve Garcia defeated uh, Shailen Nerdambeka. Uh, crazy fight. Uh, I said this was going to be like silly fun fight, and it was. Uh, Nerdambeka drops Garcia, I, th I think with a straight right on the first round. <laughs> Hits him like super hard, uh, but doesn't really have like dangerous ground pound. Garcia gets to recover. Second round, Garcia starts putting the heat on him. And pretty cool finish because like Garcia Garcia puts Nurdenbeka against the cage. Lands like a triangle kick. It's not a front kick, but it's also like not completely a roundhouse. Like just like like he just cuts in a in a in a in a 45 degree angle straight up uh, with the toes to the liver and then doubles down with that same side with a, with a hook there and that one puts like Shaylan on the ground he couldn't defend, he was completely paralyzed a uh, good finish 
uh, obviously both of these guys not very high level like action fighters but pretty good hope they don't cut northern Beckham. pretty cool fighter and garcia he's going to be in fun fights because not great defense but thanks so <laughs> yeah and the first fight the first uh, fight of the night was Sam Hughes, who got a decision against Jacqueline Amorim. Amorim did the the classic, like cheating the bed, BJJ prospect. Uh, had her first round of success, went for the rear naked choke a lot. Sam Hughes, very good at defending the rear naked choke with a little bit of help of some cheating because she grabbed deep the the inside of the of the glove. Of Amorim. Come to second round, Amorim super tired. Hughes is putting the pressure on her. She's starting like pulling guard and take that attempts. The the classic BJJ. I'm tired. I hate this shit. Uh, Hughes has tremendous cardio. She was a track athlete at Division One. Um, so yeah, I mean, good. Uh, Sam Hughes has improved a lot since the building in the UFC. Um, and Amorim. Despite the, the kind of embarrassing like second and third round, still a good prospect. Uh, she's athletic, she has the takedowns to get the jiu-jitsu going, so she just needs to fix the the cardio issues, uh, get a, a bit more of a striking game together, like she can hit very hard but doesn't have a lot of process going on there. But yeah, so yeah, that's all the fights. Let's take on some news before moving on to what's next on the next week. Uh, Ray Seffo says the negotiations with Francis Ngannou for a potential PFL deal are going well. What does that mean? I don't know. But yeah, the the UFC as a as a company is making sure to to send everyone to say like, oh, Ngannou made such a terrible decision leaving the UFC and. And I don't know, man, maybe they are right, but it sucks that it has to be like that. It sucks that we have such a monopoly. I enjoy the UFC having the best fighters in the world. I mean, obviously they don't have all the best fighters in the world. They are very good guys that fight elsewhere. But I enjoy that we have so many of the good fighters under one roof. In the sense that we get to see a lot of cool matchups, but for the fighters it's pretty bad. They do not have options, especially like very high level guys. Um, there are draws. Like, is Bellator even trying to get in Ganu? Uh, maybe they don't have the money. I don't know. Uh, it would be cool if if they have something with with Ngannou and Ngannou can make some cash. Sadly, uh, Ngannou won't have the opposition to keep his status as the as the best heavyweight in the world. And that's one of the reasons why uh, the UFC is pushing for John Jones to be called the best heavyweight of all time so hard because they just want to dismiss Ngannou. It's very shitty strate- strategy there by the UFC. So yeah, we'll see what's what's going on with that. Uh, Volkanovski and Jay Rodriguez is in the works for UFC 290. Uh, very good fight. Uh, obviously, I'm rooting for Volkanovski, one of my favorites. But Rodriguez is a very interesting matchup for him. Uh, a little bit scared for Volkanovski there. Uh, obviously, I think Volkanovski is a lot better than him, but, but Jair is good, has very, very dangerous attributes. And, and yeah, I mean, maybe he can stand southpaw. We, we saw that 
Polko not so good at dealing with those in the Islam matchup. Obviously, the grappling, the fear of takedown, and that kind of stuff played played a big role, but but something to watch out for. But yeah, good fight, very good fight. Uh, not a good fight. Uh, Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena are set for a third encounter in the pay-per-view before that one at UFC 289. Not a lot to say here. I think um, Nunez should be fighting Irene Aldana. And I do, do not say this as an Aldana fanboy, but like, who wants to see this one? I, I guess, I'm guessing some people want to see this one because very, the UFC is contemplating this over the, the, the Aldana fight. I, I don't know, I've never understood Amanda as a, as a draw. I mean, I get at the, at first because she beat Misha Tate, she beat Ronda Rousey, she beat Holly Holm, she beat Cyborg. <laughs> I mean, but at one time you gotta realize that the fights aren't very good, <laughs> even though even even when she gets like the, those spectacular finishes. And yeah, the fight last fight was a mess, and the one the one before she lost. So yeah, I mean, I'm, Amanda probably out of her prime, but still like so physically and still like well put together technically that she's still probably the best women's band and weight in the world maybe Aldana get hit her or maybe she gets taken down I don't know probably Aldana gets taken down but, but yeah I mean, not a lot to say here it's bullshit fight it sucks uh, it sucks that it's going to get blind and a whole event a pay-per-view um, nothing against like I'm totally fine with a with a headliner of like if it was like Valentina versus Grasso headlining an event, I'm totally fine with that. Any fight for the straw with uh, title, I'm fine with that. This one, I don't know. We saw it twice, twice. The first one ruled because it was a circus. Second one was also a circus, but not as good. I don't know. Uh, Bo Nico has a fight. Uh, actually didn't read this article, so... <laughs> oh, he's fighting Treshan Gore. That's interesting, because Gore has... Gore has a, a wrestling background, but he's... He's not a wrestler in MMA. Uh, probably, I... I Nickel is probably going to fuck him up on the, on the ground, but... But Gore hits stupidly hard, so that one's interesting. Uh, a lot more interesting in this one that Jamie Pickett won. And Jamie Pickett already made Nickel look like not that great, so I don't know. Uh, Nickel, obviously, I'm not cheating on Bo Nickel. Clearly one of the best prospects in at 185. But at this good matchmaking, I, I support this. Good. Uh, another, like, a smaller fights. Amanda Rivas is booked to fight Macy Barber interesting uh barber improving very athletic powerful uh, rivas also promising fighter putting it together staying at 125 i think she's a bit small for the weight class but she looked pretty good in, on her last fight um against oh my god what's her name oh man I cannot remember for the life of me, but that girl that when she made her debut, she was like a TJ Dilla show cosplayer. <laughs> uh, either way, either way, either way. Uh, good fight. 
good fight. I mean, uh, not a fan of Macy Barber, gonna be honest, but she's decent prospect. Still a prospect, I would say. Uh, Rivas, interesting too. Rivas on her prime. She needs, if she wants to make like a run for the title, I think the moment is now. She's pretty young, but she's been fighting for a while, and I think that the skill set is like mostly finished. She's just like making a small improvements. So, but yeah, I mean, if she if she beats Barber. Uh, I would say one or two fights for uh, before a, a title shot. That would be the path for Rivas. Uh, yeah, I, I hope she gets it done. Uh, it's a somewhat hard matchup. Like Barber is a competent grappler and powerful on the feet, so we'll see. Um. Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald 2, the one for the title, got inducted into the Hall of Fame, the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, the UFC Hall of Fame is just uh, it's just a marketing tool. Like it's it's theirs, they choose their own shit. Like I don't think it I don't think it holds much prestige. But that said, I think this is a great fight. You guys should rewatch it. Great, great fight. For a while, on my Twitter circles of snuffs, uh, and I, I admit I'm a fucking annoying snuff, but it was very common to say that, oh, this fight's kind of overrated. This fight's better, this fight's better. And I think that's bullshit. It's a great fight. It's a very exciting one. You know, watching it live. That stare down be between like both guys completely trash. I mean, have you seen the interview after the fight, Robbie Lawler? With the he's missing like a whole piece of lip. He has cuts everywhere, a swollen eye. Rory McDonald was on the verge of dying. It was insane. It was insane. That whole pay-per-view was insane. But yeah, I mean, very good fight. Like technically, the 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 dynamics, the um, Everything is so good. It's a great fight. If if anyone tells me like my favorite fight of all time is Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald 2, I would be like, yeah, that's that's good. That's a good fucking choice. Uh, you uh, Dana White uh, going super hard at saying that Pereira is going to fight at 205. Before Pereira said anything, I think they're trying to. To get the upper hand on him, force him to go to 205 so they don't have another rematch. And Adesanya gets to be a champion. I, I, I'm guessing Adesanya is one of the better draws the UFC has today. Ah, Pereira not so much, so they want Pereira to move to 205. That is like a dying division. Um, I don't know if when Jiri is going to come back, because obviously Jiri is getting a title shot. Jiri versus Jamal Hill. Cool fight, to be honest. Uh, then you have a Goliath in the mix, Blahovich, now maybe Pereira. I mean, I think Pereira deserves a rematch, if we're honest. Uh, I mean, it's crazy that we have to see the fight like five times, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I would be okay. But if Pereira moves to like heavyweight, that's also cool. Like, Pereira is cool. I like to watch him fight. Uh, I think he. He'll probably have more advantages, uh, to be honest, uh, to fight that at 185, like a lot of less less wrestlers. He's still fucking huge for the weight class. I mean, obviously, like, he's not going to, to be, like, 
15 pounds heavier than everyone there but but Pereira is clearly a strong dude and super long like longer than most like heavyweights so yeah I mean sucks that the UFC is choosing this for him but but still excited at the prospect of Pereira fighting a 2-5 and then next week we have PFL and we have UFC I'll talk about PFL first uh, we have the PFL 3 2023 regular season uh, watching here through the card I see welterweight lightweights and yeah that's it uh, a lot a lot better than to be honest a lot better than the heavyweight and women's 145 uh, the big problem for this card is that the main event has Sadi Busai and for fuck's sake that guy is so boring he's not bad and he's not awful but like 70% of Sadi Busai's skill set is being a middleweight he's fucking huge <laughs> and and that's it mostly uh, we have Magomed Magomed Karimov at Welt uh, on the common main event that could be interesting. Uh, we have Nathan Schultz versus Stevie Ray in what is like somewhat high level fight and probably not a very exciting one. We have Josh Manfio fighting Alex Martinez. That could be fun as well. I don't know this Alex Martinez guy. Apparently he lost to, to OAM in his last fight. He's Paraguayan. I don't know, but Banfio is. Banfio is fine. I'm talking about OAM. He's fighting. He's fighting Shane Burgos, and that one, that one is going to be great. That that one's going to be fun. I mean, Burgos cannot have boring fights. So yeah, looking forward to that one. Uh, we have Clay Collard in action as well. I am in. All in all a lot better than last week so let's talk about a good one please Holloway versus Arnold Allen this one is going to be great not going to go very deep into analysis for this one but but yeah I mean great fight great fight um, looking forward to this one uh, Holloway fighting a committed salpo here uh, Allen also like hard kicker interesting to see how Holloway looks after the the Volko fight uh, Holloway clearly losing a step but I don't think losing a step enough that he's he's probably still the second best featherweight in the world we'll see after this one um, hopefully if Allen wins wins against a Holloway that looks good otherwise if Holloway puts on a beating I'm always up to watch that so cool stuff on the co-main we have Barbosa versus Billy Quarantillo, Billy Q. This one is going to be fire too. Barbosa probably going to be very dangerous early. Quarantillo is hittable early. He get he goes through the fire. We we saw that in his fight against um, against Hernandez. Hernandez started the fight looking great. Started to fade a little bit. You cannot fade even a little bit against Billy Q. He's a monster. Um, 
he's like super well-rounded, smart about attacking, uh, not not like the deepest technically on the feet, but he's very resourceful, goes for different stuff. He finds what works, goes hard for it. Barbosa, on the other hand, you know the deal. Uh, increasingly fragile as he moves into his career, but also at the 145, he's fucking huge. Um, and he's a hitter, dangerous with the kicks, dangerous with the hands as well. So yeah, I mean, Quarantillo is going to go through some stuff to get it done here. Uh, this one is going to be fun. We have Jacoby versus Mursakanov. Uh, Mursakanov, pretty decent. Um, I don't know if you guys remember his debut. He was fighting Tafon and Shukwi, was getting his ass handed to him, uh, found a little bit of success and then landed a flying knee that put in Shukwi completely out. And on his last fight, he he beat the shit out of David Clark. So yeah, he's he's alright. And uh, Jacoby, I like Jacoby. He's fun, a lot of fun. I thought Jacoby won his last fight against Khalil Roundtree. It was very close, so no, like not a robbery or, or anything. But yeah, I mean, this one should be fun. Like, we we should always be thankful when when like the light heavyweight fight in the main card doesn't suck. And this one probably not sucking, but they're giving like here we wait yet another shot in the main card. We have Ewan Kutelava versus Tanner Bowser. So Bowser finally deciding to drop down a weight class. Not sure how good he'll look here. I mean, one of the the things for Bowser is that he was pretty fast uh, at heavyweight. And um, not sure how that's going to work here. Kutelava looking pretty past it lately. He's still like physically a good wrestler, but he's not getting like any time of control and he's gassing harder than ever before. Uh, Bowser probably gets it done unless his wrestling is so bad that Kutulava can win this one. <laughs> and before that we have an actually high level good fight. We have Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez. Gutierrez one of my boys, you know that. Um, yeah, interesting fight. Interesting to see the leg kicks, how they go in this one, because obviously both hard leg kickers. Uh, Gutierrez, the more crafty one on the offense. Munoz pretty decent at defending them. We saw that against um, Jimmy Rivera. That was a while ago. I think Munoz is losing a step, though, that being said. Um, he's not like this super intense pressure fighter that he used to be. I thought this was... That was a good style for Gutierrez, if Munoz fights as a kind of a slower fight on the outside, I think Gutierrez is probably going to have his number there. Uh, but Pedro Munoz also a very good wrestler. Gutierrez good defensive wrestler, but still still I would be worried, very worried for him if it, if it goes to the ground. Very good fight, very good fight, excited for this one. Clay Wida versus Rafa Garcia. So both high activity wrestlers. Uh Wida looking very good lately at <laughs> lightweight, like not obviously not elite, but looking like a good fighter. Um the boxing of Clay Wida looking career best now that he's 41 years old. Holy shit. <laughs> so yeah, Rafa Garcia, maybe this is this could be a little bit of a passing of the torch moment here because Rafa Garcia is also like a very like a dog. And, uh, and also like a high-activity wrestler. So yeah, we're cool. Ah, I'm okay with this. this. This card looking decent, actually. 
Uh, before that, we have TJ Brown versus Bill Algio. Both guys very high activity, both guys very gritty, uh, very well rounded, so exciting fight as well. I think that was going to be fun. Great fight, the next one. Uh, Brandon Royval versus Mateo Matoj Nicolau. Great fight, great fight, amazing. Uh, Nicolau, very, very, very good from top position, so interesting to see if he. If he gets takedowns on Royval or if he decides to stay on top, Royval insane scrambler. He basically out scrambles basically everyone that he fights, except for the god Pantoja. But other than that, Royval also like frenetic pace on the feet. Royval like very vulnerable from a defense standpoint, but his all offense sometimes that offense works as his defense. It's a very interesting fight. And then we, we travel back to the past, like 12 years ago. Uh, Ed Herman is fighting Zach Cummins at like heavyweight. And man, uh, Ed Herman probably gotta be one of the oldest guys in the roster, right? He's 42 years old and a half. Cummins also not a spring chicken at 38 years old. Ed Herman has been in the UFC for so fucking long, man. And Zach Cummins has been there for a while, but but when Zach Cummins made his pro MMA debut, Ed Herman was already in the UFC and had 17 pre-UFC fights. That's fucking insane. I mean, this is decent matchmaking. Let the let the old bang, let the old man bang. Uh, we have Piero Rodriguez versus Gillian Robertson. Robertson finally dropping to 115. Uh, I think a lot of people have been saying that she's too small for 125, but I guess the cut for 115 was too rough because she used to fight 115 earlier in her career and never contemplated it again. Rodriguez is a, a, good, a good prospect. Um, She's pretty decent. I mean, she's athletic, she's well-rounded, throws hard on the feet, so... Yeah, I mean, a good fight, good fight. We have Lando Manata versus Daniel Selhuber. Selhuber was very hyped, and this Mexican kid, kick, uh, kickboxing background, I think. Uh, fights out of extreme couture too. He was very hyped before his last fight, and he ended up fighting like a super low volume fight to Trey Ogden. And then we saw Trey Ogden fight a kickboxer that actually throws volume, and we saw how that went. So, so Hoover, if he wants to make like a second first impression, he has to work very hard here. Banada moving up to lightweight again. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, for his age, mm, lightweight probably the better move. Uh, he should have fought at 145 when he was younger, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Banada not looking bad lately. Um, so yeah, I mean, this could be interesting. If so, Hoover is going to fight like low volume again, Lando's probably going to fuck his shit up. And before that, we have like Bruna Brazil versus Denis Gomez. Not a lot to say there. Uh, Gaston Bolaños versus Aaron Phillips. Also, not no comments. Jocelyn Edwards versus Lucy Pudilova. I also restrain from from talking about that. And I guess that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I told you guys, <laughs> first one, 
didn't have a lot to say, didn't, didn't much happen, I haven't watched a lot, but this one, very interesting fight because of what happened last week and next, next event, very, very interesting too, so, and there's PFL, like, it exists, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, hope you guys have a nice week. Uh, start with the with the right foot, with the with the left foot. If you're a, a southpaw, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm a southpaw. I mean, I'm, I'm a lefty in day-to-day -day life, and I mostly I'm a switch stance hitter, but I mostly fight out of orthodox. Uh, I like my my jab left hook switch up. Uh, I just learned to fight orthodox first. I also play guitar from from the right side. I always say this shit like. I said this so many times, I'm looking like Joe Rogan's repeating the same shit time and time again, so I'd better get going, I'll go to the gym right now, um, so yeah guys, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, let me know uh, any suggestions, if you want answers for me to, I mean, if you have any questions for me to answer on the next one, I'm always up for that, so yeah guys, enjoy yourselves, support us on Patreon on the fight side. And I'll see you guys on the next one.